I did. <laughs> I just watch. didn't watch the movie. Just didn't watch the movie, and I was like, oh man, well, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm sure you could assume what it might be about based on the title. <laughs> yeah, it's about choosing or dying. It literally is. And isn't that just a metaphor for our lives? <laughs> mm-hmm. Choose or die. <laughs> Choose to pay the bill, Sam, or die. Like, I guess I'll die. That's <laughs> like that. Meme. Choose to buy this cute dress or groceries for a week. Mm. <laughs> guess I'll die. <laughs> That's funny. Guess I'll starve. Anyway, hello and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm joined as always by the Stormy Skies. Hello, listeners. What up? And my lunch. Yes. And that's totally fine because you know what? It is lunchtime when we record. We record at noon. And that's totally fine because I want Sam to choose lunch or die. (laughs) She doesn't want to choose death today. Wow. That's so crazy because that happens to be the title, kind of title of the movie we're reviewing today. Uh, Choose or Die, formerly titled Cursor, is Mm -hmm. a 2022 British horror thriller directed by Toby Meekins in his directorial debut. Ooh, another debut. That's The cool. film stars Aza Butterfield, Lola yeah. Evans, or Iola Evans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate that with uh, sans serif fonts, mm-hmm. the I and the L. Look like L's. Yes. I think it's yes, Iola. It's, I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> Iola Evans, Eddie Marsden, and Robert England. Choose or Die was released on April 15th, 2022 by Netflix. I just want to preface this with Robert England isn't really in the movie. Like his body isn't in the movie. <laughs> so. He does the he does the voiceover for the game. Yeah, he does. But he did a great job. He did, but you know what? I don't know if it's just me, but if I didn't know that was Robert England's voice, I don't think I'd be able to pick it out, actually. Hmm. Because I'm used to his his Freddy Krueger voice, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a more it's a more like character voice, um, but his suave regular voice is just like it's just like a regular voice, you know what I mean? So you'd have to be mm-hmm. used to hearing that voice too. Speaking just of watch, um, yeah, speaking ahead. of the Freddy voice, can we talk about how great Isaac's impersonation <gasps> of Freddy was? I, I thought it was great because he did say like blah 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 bitch, and I was like, oh, that's really what Freddy says though. He really does that. He's not even trying to be rude. That's actually how Freddy speaks to mm-hmm. you. So it was so good, and I I adore Asa Butterfield. I don't know if you've ever watched Sex Education on Netflix. I haven't. It's been on my to watch list oh, for like forever. Sam. You would love that show. Well, it's a, I thought this was going to be a British uh, thing because Ace is British. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell a good actor if you can't tell that they're British when they're doing an American accent. Through um, that. Well, yeah, a cough of Vampire Diaries people's <laughs> cough because there are some people in the Vampire Diaries that suppress that accent and it like comes through hardcore anyway. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Uh, like American accent. American accents are really hard. You know what? That's what I understand too, though. So I can't be too upset. But if you're an actor, I want you to really try to act like you are. <laughs> have no other accent. <laughs> okay. Um, you you can go ahead and, and start with your thoughts if you want to. Yeah, I would probably have the same thoughts about this. <laughs> so I enjoyed this movie mm-hmm. quite a bit. However, I think the ending fell flat for me. I agree. Yeah. And we can uh, break that in, break that down more when we get into the specifics of story. Yeah. But I thought it looked great. I really liked the soundtrack. Um, yeah. It was very, um, it was fresh. Mm-hmm. It really spoke to me as um, a young millennial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked the chemistry between um, Kayla and Isaac a lot. Too. And I like that they never did like hook up. They were just friends. Just buds, yeah. For most of it, because that chemistry was really great. So if they did end up together, I could understand, but they just stayed friends for the mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah. And it felt organic. It felt natural. Yes, it did. Um, Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's all I have for my general thoughts. I, I completely agree with your thoughts because in the beginning, it really, um, it started with like a huge bang because there were these two major scenes that I loved. And then I don't know what happened, but I think it was like you said, like halfway through towards the end, I like picked up my phone and I was like, uh Oh, I picked up my phone. That means I got bored watching. <laughs> and I like kind of skipped through some things the end mm -hmm. happened and then it just kind of ended. And I, um, I totally agree. The ending was, yeah, not as good as the intro. Like the, those first couple scary yeah. scenes were so good. Yeah. Uh, the glass eating scene. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that in a minute. That was probably my favorite scene. I, because, yeah. I actually had to kind of turn away from that because the sound effects were way yeah. too real. Yeah, because I wanted to tell you that, like, the, the thing that I love in horror, but the thing that turns my stomach the most and, like, you know, gets under my skin is eating glass. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I can't, I can't listen to it because you're right, because I'm real sensitive about my teeth. Mm -hmm. And then just doing that and seeing the blood and hearing the glass crunch. The crunching and the scraping. Gets me every time, dude. So I was like, oh shit, they're going to go for it. And they did. Um, like the second that girl's <laughs> knees dropped onto the broken glass, I was like, oh no, it, because that's way too me. real because that's just something that could happen. And I worry about it all the time. I agree. Even just not even eating glass, but just like being near broken glass. I think we all have this inert fear that like our parents passed down to us. We're like, if glass breaks, watch out because mm -hmm. like you can get a tiny sliver of glass and it'll get stuck in your skin. You know what I mean? Like it mm -hmm. terrifies me to ever have that happen. Like you're just, you're going on your daily walk and there's a broken bottle on the side of the road and you're like, oh God, I hope I don't trip and somehow wind up on top of that. Yeah, dude, exactly. It's just, it's an everyday item, but it's a day it's dangerous because it's, it is dangerous. It's sharp. Um, and it could be like used as a weapon or, you know, it can hurt yourself. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry to ask you, this is like a sidebar question, but there's another horror movie that does glass eating well. And I don't know if you, if I describe this to you, you might know the movie. I mean, there's a scene in a movie where there's a girl sitting at a table and she, it looks like the scene is, uh, it shows the girl from behind and it looks like she's eating out of a bowl of cereal but then you can hear the glass crunch. And then when the camera pans around to her, she's eating a bowl of broken glass into her mouth. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? I don't think I've seen that, but I don't know if you've seen um, Spencer, yeah. the newest uh, Princess Diana. I didn't. By a Pope. Uh, but there is a scene. So Spencer is not a true story. It is a fable inspired by the tr tragic true story of Princess Diana. That's very important. Yeah. So there's a scene where Diana's trapped in her head because she's miserable within the royal family. And she's yeah. wearing this pearl necklace that Charles got her for Christmas. And she rips it off and the pearls fall into her pea soup. And then she starts eating the pearls. Oh, that's that's like, uh, the like that's in the same, like, <laughs> it's under the same umbrella as listening to the glass being eaten. It says that crunch and you know, it's going to hurt your teeth. Oh, that just gets, that gets me, man. It worked very well because the movie takes place before the divorce from Charles. So she's like at the height of her eating disorder. Um, and wait, why is it called Spencer? Because her last name is Spencer. Is that what her last name was? Yeah, Diana so Spencer. Who the fuck is Spencer? <laughs> I feel like such an idiot. <laughs> and you should. I had to ask you because I knew you would just tell me outright what it was. So it's like, why is it called Spencer? It's about Diana. Should it be called Diana? No, I got you. Diana Spencer. But anyway, let's uh, break down <laughs> these characters and yeah. whether or not we like their performances. All right, sweet. Let's do it. You start while I'm chewing. Okay. So I want to begin with our our girl here. So um, I think I forgot her name, but um, Asa Butterfield. No, Asa Butterfield is, is the man. Oh. Um, Iola is the, the Iola. 
yeah, Iola or Lolola, whatever that letter in Sarah font is. And it's, it's Iola. I just had Iola. a brain fart when I was reading it. Well, she's fabulous. Wait, okay. So, um, so we've got Iola, Kayla. All right. So we've got Kayla. I think she actually is fabulous because um, as I was watching it, the reason why I was so entranced in the beginning of the movie was because during these crazy ass scenes, she was actually giving really realistic reactions mm -hmm. to what was happening um, with this video game situation. We'll talk about that in a minute. And um, also we have this layered trauma in her family and she has a rough home life, you know, all this stuff. So basically she's like the caretaker of her mother uh, her brother tragically drowned in a swimming pool and she blames herself. So all these things go into her character, but she's also like cool, like super cool. She's like a programmer, like as a hobby, mm -hmm. very cool stuff. So I really enjoyed her character. Um, I think she did the best she could with what she was given when she got to the end of the film. Yeah. Okay, Because the beginning of the film is like, a cutscene of like another family and we get the like a little taste of the game and then we go into Kayla's it's basically it's like Kayla's story and Isaac who is Asa Butterfield is like her bud who's kind of like along for the ride accidentally on purpose mm -hmm. yeah so that's uh, our main girl what do you what do you think about Kayla I liked her a lot and something that I really appreciate this movie which is very interesting. Um, let me Google real quick before I misgender uh, someone. Uh, yes. Toby Meekins uh, sounds like a man name. Yes. So Kayla is supposed to be poor. And, you know, that's a common thing in a lot of horror movies where, you know, the final girl kind of comes from the wrong side of town. Yes, Toby Meekins is a man. However, like a lot of final girls, even though they're, you know, poor from the wrong side of town, they still, you know, look fabulous. Their skin looks great. They have yes. a full makeup routine. Right. Um, Kayla didn't really wear any makeup at all in yes. this movie. Her hair was always pulled back, which made her feel really real. Like her circumstances are real. Yeah. Because even though she has a job, that job is to keep a roof over her head and her mother's head. And yeah. she's not wait. She's clearly not wasting it on hot topic clothes or even <laughs> yeah, drugstore exactly. eyeliner, which exactly. shows me she has her priorities straight as a character. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point because we do see her, you know, caring for her mother, and her priorities are making sure her mother's meds are in check. You know, making sure that she's working overnight you know, as, a, as whatever she's doing, a custodian, I suppose, you know, to, to make sure everything's okay and trying to like be herself and do what she enjoys at the same time, which is the programming stuff, but dealing with this overbearing, you know, guilt, you know, that you know, is still present with the death of her young brother. Uh, yeah, but I, I yeah. you've started watching Euphoria, right? So I've watched all of Euphoria now. Yeah. Nice. So one of the biggest like complaint, not necessarily complaints, but something people make fun of a lot with the show is how these characters are supposed to be lower income characters who are struggling, but they, mm -hmm. but uh, people like to put together uh, the clothes they're wearing in those, you know, old fashioned outfit inspiration posts from Pinterest. Yeah. And the clothes they're wearing are like high end designer clothes that cost between 500 and $2,000. <laughs> Wait, so you're and telling me everybody in Euphoria is like, not rich yeah that's what i'm saying what the fuck i thought they were all fucking loaded uh, I everything think, <laughs> i think nate is the only one that comes from a loaded family oh, for yeah. sure but like yeah. cassie and um oh god i'm so sorry cassie's sister oh um this leah uh, no no oh. fuck hang on me oh god this is like the running gag of the show is that she's always forgotten and I'm so, forgetting her oh, name. you forgot her name. Uh, Cassie and not, uh, Lexi? Lexi. Lexi. Okay. Uh, like, they have a single mother. Rue is being raised by a single mother. Um, but yet they're wearing all these designer clothes and high-end makeup, which I get it's a show. It's fantasy. 
but make it believable. <laughs> also, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw this floating around on Instagram. And remember that episode where uh, Cassie wants to like impress Nate mm-hmm. and she gets up at 4 a.m. and she does her like routine that lasts like hours. Mm-hmm. And someone like calculated how much it would cost to be able to maintain her routine, her beauty routine with all her stuff. It was like a little bit under $500 just for all <laughs> the stuff you would need to do that every day. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was like, clearly they're rich. <laughs> Are they in California or something? I just assumed that everybody is like totally. They don't specify where they live. I think it's supposed to be like a suburb of LA. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, that really enlightened me. And I understand the complaints because I, they had, they had me go in there. I thought that everybody had unlimited funds. I mean, they do, but they're supposed to be like lower income. (laughs) Um, But that, that was something I really appreciated with Kayla is how they didn't try to glam her up because she's supposed to be living in a rough home situation. And I appreciate seeing a male director understand that. Yes. Yeah. That we've got like this, these socioeconomic circumstances and we don't have to pretend and make her look the way that would be unrealistic. And that's why I think, yeah, go ahead. Conventionally attractive with, you know, perfect skin and I know. And well, um, yeah, a nice that, hairstyle. That's what I, and that's what I actually appreciated because I remember watching like one scene, I think it was the scene towards the end of the movie, whenever she had confronted that, uh, the guy with like the beard, like the first player mm-hmm. and she was talking to him and I was looking at her and I was like, I was like, wow. And I was like, she's actually really pretty. You know, they didn't really put a whole lot of makeup on her. And yeah. I was like, good, good. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that they didn't try to glam her up <laughs> yeah. because that really, when you get to that final scene, it really kind of showcases that socioeconomic gap between the yeah. two people mm-hmm. because this guy is like super fucking rich with his oh, yeah. 20 bedroom house and here's and his lap pool. Yeah, yeah his pool. <laughs> and here's little Kayla who shares like a one bedroom apartment with her mom that's completely trash now because of a giant rat <laughs> rampaging through it. That was my second favorite scene. It is like I, the rat scene. <laughs> I loved how they fucking did that scene and we will get to it when we get to story. I, yeah. <laughs> um, then there's Isaac, who I really like. He was a fun character and um, I knew he was going to die because he had such a great relationship with Kayla. Their chemistry as friends was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and his death, I think was pretty horrific he had to have so many internal paper cuts I was like <laughs> yeah okay so I really like Isaac too because I absolutely adore Asa Butterfield there's something about him that I think is so extremely attractive that I like adore him he's enormous he's really tall and um oh, Sam I just can't wait for you to watch sex education because you'll really love him too uh he's he he has such a great range but he's always like that guy that's just like your bud Mm -hmm. and uh it really came through and he has such a love like a friendship love for Kayla because he drew his art you know his whatever he was drawing like it was inspired by her and Mm -hmm. I think that's so sweet and that that like really solidifies that friendship without having to say that they're friends just to show the audience of that relationship and there was no question about helping her when she came to him with this crazy problem that if someone came up to me and said this computer game is killing everyone in my life (laughs) I wouldn't believe them but he was like just like oh shit Let's yeah, figure like, it out. Yeah, let's fix it. He's like, I'll fix it. I'll do some research. I'll do, some, I'll fix it. And um, he really, you know, put himself out there and, you know, try to do as much as he could for her. And yes, unfortunately he does die <laughs> in like a very extreme and yet bizarre way. And I wasn't sure if they were going to let him die because of that. But I was like, yeah, I guess if it really was happening, like I couldn't tell if it really was happening, but I guess it was, then mm-hmm. you would have to be dead. Yeah. Uh, Kayla's mom doesn't play a huge role in the movie, but the scenes we do get are very well acted. 
She's very much a grieving mother. Mm -hmm. um, And it's alluded to that she's become addicted to drugs because of what happened to Kayla's younger brother. So those performances, that performance was very well done. Uh, The drug dealer knockoff Kevin Smith. I could have done without him. (laughs) He really is a knockoff. He looked, he didn't look drug dealery enough, but I don't know what, what a drug dealer looks like anymore. Like he could look like a, like a suited up guy, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. An IT bro. (laughs) Literally he could look like anything, but they're like, let's make him look like a gang guy mm-hmm. <laughs> just like stalk in the hallway like did he live there was he the he mentioned a landlord I thought he was the landlord but I guess yeah I, like, I'm not I, exactly sure I think he's Kayla's mom's like on again off again boyfriend that's the vibe oh. I was getting and maybe like the ending's kind of a mess for me so I think it's maybe alluded to that um he w- was sexually assaulting Kayla at one point in her life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I got that too. But that was kind of, that wasn't really fleshed up, fleshed out that well. And I could have done without that little subplot because you could just have her mom, you know, mm-hmm. breaking down from this horrific tragedy. You don't yeah. need to have this <laughs> random guy who really, it doesn't really come down to much. I mean, I guess his role comes in at the end when Kayla yeah. gets her prize but we'll get to that shortly yeah exactly um maybe now if you have if you don't have anything else to say about the characters yeah not really um it was just yeah the mom I, I do think she portrayed guilt you know in a really good way shouldn't have to shouldn't have many lines and shouldn't need to say much at all because you know just her presence was enough Mm-hmm. um <laughs> the fucking yeah the dude the drug dealer guy just a total rando because he wasn't it, it the film at first makes you think he is like the landlord guy but he talks about the landlord later so then you're like wait well who the fuck are you just like some guy he's like a lurker mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> that's all it was okay didn't need him yeah you're right yeah. we didn't really need him at all <laughs> yeah so getting into the specifics of the story Uh, It starts with a family arguing and a little too expository for me when the son's like, dad won't do anything. He's too obsessed with the 1980s with all of those old gadgets in his office. (laughs) Yes, thanks, kid. I don't have eyes. (laughs) And then it cuts to the dad who's playing the game Choose or Die. And it gives him the option between cutting off his wife's ears or cutting out his son's tongue and he chooses tongue and the wife he goes out to the kitchen and the wife is holding a bloody knife and the son's mouth is bleeding and he chose tongue and that's when we know that something's something's up (laughs) something's not right about this game this game is totally just taking control of people based on your decisions but you have to decide or you will die Mm -hmm. will you and somehow the game came into the position, possession of Isaac, who is a game designer, and his, he gives it to his friend Kayla, who decides to play it after a shift as with her cleaning job, causes her friend to die from eating glass. And that's where shit gets super crazy um, because they just go right into it. And that's apparently supposed to be just level one and then it'll say like, like you did level one, like, you know, level two, same time tomorrow. And I'm just like, oh shit. So immediately, you know, that there's something wrong and, you know, you can't stop playing. What do you do? Is this real? Like it, it, totally crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened? Yeah. What is the next big thing that happens? <laughs> Keep going. I would say the next big thing in terms of like major plot points is level two, which is the rat level. Yeah. And I really liked how they handled the scene because, you know, the old saying is uh, it's what they don't show you. That's really scary because nothing's scarier than what the human mind can do. Mm -hmm. Asia is doing her shift uh, cleaning at this office building or whatever when the game starts back up and she gets a call from her mom and she's crying and saying that the rats are coming out of the wall and you can hear the rat in the background and the computer lights up, it's time for Kayla to make a choice. And you just see in like old style Macintosh graphics, 
like mm-hmm. a little character for her mom and this giant rat character. Oh God. And it's like green and with the black background, you know, just like yeah. you would imagine. And so that's all you see from the scene, but you can imagine like there's just this fucking giant rat mm-hmm. wreaking chaos in the house based on what you're hearing on the mom's side of the phone and what you're seeing and, on the screen. And I thought yeah. it was so well done. It was because we're a, we're guided through by, it's a phone call and she, uh, Kayla is playing the game on her end, but she's trying to talk her mother through surviving in the apartment all the while we're being guided through with narration from uh, Robert England, who's like, you know, kitchen or bathroom, there's no, and he's kind of narrating for the rat. So we have these three different points of views all at one time. Um, and it's um, it's like a two-joint adventure, if you hadn't mentioned that before. Yeah. And yeah, it's- It was a I, very stressful scene. It was stressful because it, that had me on the edge of my seat. And uh, then she ultimately decides to, um, you know, have her mother jump out the window because that's the only way to get her out of there. And uh, her mother ends up in the hospital due to that. And like Sam said, the apartment when she gets back to it is like completely trashed. Mm. Uh, and if yeah. we if we watched that scene actually unfold with like a giant practical effect or CGI rat, it wouldn't have been scary at all because- No, it, it wouldn't have. <laughs> look dumb, but because- we're not seeing what's actually happening on the mom's end of the phone. We're just seeing this like very um, rudimentary mm-hmm. computer game version of it. Right. With the mom's screams. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that was a very unique way to set that up. I'm glad there was no fake rat because you're right, it wouldn't have worked out at all, because it's not, we're not talking about, like, a bunch of little rats, it's supposed to be a monster, mm-hmm. um, you know, as if you're playing a video game, and, you know, how, how can we get that, you know, realistically, it's better to, yeah, not actually be there, but still be terrified. At that point, when she mm-hmm. knows her mom is more or less okay, her mom has, like, two broken legs, and is in a, <laughs> probably medically induced coma she goes I mean but that's better than being mauled by a giant rat it is yeah but two broken legs just (laughs) you're right she did I was like she's fine um yeah she got fucked up and it's at that point Kayla goes to Isaac and he's like okay well we'll boot up the game here and see what happens when it's time to play the next level and you know no questions asked he believes her that something's going on which is great to see Yes, it is. I, I I hate whenever you go to your friend in a horror movie and they're like, I don't believe you. Like, what the fuck is your problem? I don't believe you that this tape is killing people. Like, why would I make anything up like that? Like, a totally out of character. It's like, I would never make this up. So, Like, even if um, it's not yeah. the game that's killing them, something's fuck, fucking going on. I know. People do die. That's like, that. that's a thing. So, yeah, I'm glad they didn't go that route. Like, he was, mm-hmm. like, totally skeptical. So, no, he was totally believing her they're best friends obviously so when the time comes somehow the game manifests two doors for them to to choose yeah and they choose the red one right I think because the blue one's locked or some shit they wanted to do blue Mm -hmm. I also feel like that was a matrix reference always choose red right I'm sure yeah blue pill (laughs) blue pill you go back to normal red pill you unlock the secrets of the universe Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you you see so, how far the rabbit hole goes. So they go through the red door and Kayla sees the ghost of her younger brother and chases after him and ends up at the pool where he drowned. Mm-hmm. And she tries to find him and there's a lot of smoke in the room and she's not affected by the smoke, but Isaac is. And she runs back to find him and both her little brother and Isaac are passed out on the floor. And her choice is which one to save yes choose or die <laughs> i'm pretty sure she chooses isaac yeah but she like kills her brother because but her brother like comes at her like, yeah her like brother <laughs> is like an evil spirit and comes at her and tries to kill her so she's forced to kill him which is traumatizing yes let us mention that her brother is like a child he's mm-hmm. not like a grown man that she's fighting it's like a little kid yeah so the game manifested the guilt she felt and she tells Isaac the next day that Mm. you know the game knew that her little brother drowned because she wasn't paying attention for a couple of minutes 
and then forced her to actually kill him because that's that's probably how she feels inside so the Mm -hmm. game wants to torture her right yeah absolutely and so she's faced with that yeah and they decide to track down the origin of the game by using the dial tones in the prize line and Isaac's yes. already got that figured out, encoded, and is tracing it as they're having this heart-to-heart moment. Yeah, and this is where the good friend. He is a good friend, but this is where I feel like this is where it got a little weird for me, and I started to like scroll. It started oh to get a little convoluted. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, please continue. <laughs> this is fabulous. And so they go to this warehouse, and we kind of get a little bit of the origin of the game, the cursor commands the player what to do mm-hmm. and reaps the benefits of their pain yeah like good things happen to the cursor for doing right um like the guy on the tv screen he showed the good things that happened because he like cut his arm and then the wound healed itself because the other person was eating their arm you know so like weird stuff like that was happening Mm -hmm. so yeah (laughs) and then level four starts and then Isaac's death is gonna happen and this is very strange his death (laughs) he does die film like out of a VHS tape Uh or a cassette tape yeah starts like being pulled (laughs) out of his body yeah well wait first he like becomes a digital form of himself and then he he's like stuck and she has to like fast forward and it, it made the film come out of his mouth extremely fast and a pile was being made on the floor and then she reversed and it all went back in and then she fast forward again and it all came back out and I was like Jesus girl <laughs> so but she had no choice it was like choose or die so yeah so yeah. Isaac dies from probably a thousand <laughs> internal paper cuts which I'm sure sucks <laughs> Yeah, that was awful. And rest in peace, Isaac. But she pulls the last of the film out of his mouth. I don't know how that all got in there, but <laughs> it's out now. Uh, so knowing where she needs to go fight the final boss now, which happens to be the other guy that's playing the game, and she arrives at his McMansion. And <laughs> I guess shit has just hit the fan at his house since we saw them at the beginning of the movie. Uh, yeah. The son has his mouth taped shut with a smile drawn on it which is fucking creepy i didn't it was the that. one eye too i like, didn't appreciate <laughs> me neither i was like what the fuck is with him and then he had like yeah the mouth and the one eye but then the one eye was his own so i was like okay and then there was freak. something something wrong with the wife's face i wasn't exactly sure what was wrong i think with her she face. had mask i figured out that i think it was like the the you know, the brown masking tape that you tape on a box? Mm-hmm. It's like real thin. I think that's what was on her face on the one side. Okay. So something something happened to her since we last saw them. Yeah. Um, it's weird. <laughs> so they sit down at the table together and everything's awkward until uh, the game finally says- uh, Boss choose, battle. <laughs> yeah, choose you or him. Uh, yeah. And naturally he goes for her first, hitting her in the head with a plate. But then he realizes, oh shit, I have to hurt myself in order to hurt you. Yeah. Which is a cruel twist of the game. Yes, it is cruel. Because had because they both chose the other person naturally, but had yeah. he like shot her in the head, he would yeah. have shot himself in the head and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. So the this battle ensues where they're just hurting themselves. Hurting themselves. Yeah. The other person. And for some fucking reason, his son tries to kill Kayla like I don't know why why I would take my dad's side in that situation yeah oh yeah I think because of him I look like this I know I think I remember that happening too and I was confused but also like partially paying attention at this point um but the wife was really trying to get the husband so she was going after Kayla to shoot her with the gun that they had yeah the wife was over it so she uh, takes the gun, shoots Kayla a few times, but nothing lethal to kill him. And he grabs the gun, tries to kill, tries to put a bullet in his head. But as usual in this situation, of there's, course, there's no out more bullets. <laughs> no more bullets out of ammo. So Kayla grabs grabs the statue, drags it to the pool, 
but right before she can jump in with the statue to drown him, he slits his throat, slitting her throat, and we're led to believe, oh no, they're both dead. <laughs> they're both dead, but... But I guess the wife saves Kayla from drowning, and Kayla's the winner of the game. Yeah, because I guess her drowning killed him faster, because he was, like, spitting up water for, like, five minutes, and... uh yeah, she must have got dragged out of the pool because the third slit was not effective enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go Kayla. And, so uh, yeah. because she wins, and this is what lost me a bit, because she wins, she becomes the cursor uh-huh. and she now establishes the rules of the game. Ah, yes. I think. I think that's what happens, yeah, with the and, creepy guy. Yeah, so she texts her mom's boyfriend or whatever, he says, hey, you want to bang me for $20? <laughs> for one hour? <laughs> yeah. He's like, Which, yes, Kayla, value, value yourself more. Well, no, they, he made a joke in the movie about, he said, I, he said $15 for the hour to her. And then like, she got mad at him. And then before he walked out the door after the rat thing, he said, well, I have a 20. And so that was like hearkening back to what he said before. So yeah, I, I I agree. She should value herself more, but it was because he said twenty earlier, and so she's making um, that, making a funny. Uh, I must I missed that part. Flirty. <laughs> no, well, it's easy. To, it's like a blink and you miss it because this dude just like fucking rambles about nothing important because his presence literally doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> um. So Kayla talks to the original game designer or whatever, and he's like. So who who's going to suffer for you two? And I did notice, like, after killing her mom's boyfriend, uh, Kayla looked a lot, like, prettier and healthier in the hospital when her mom woke up after killing the mom's boyfriend slash drug yeah. dealer. Uh-huh. And which makes sense because she's supposed to, like, benefit from doing this it, to people. Yeah. So I liked that little detail where... She mm-hmm. has a bit more of a glow to her in that final scene than she did the rest of the movie. Yeah, definitely. She's got more, um, you know, vitality now. Mm-hmm. And then it just ends. Yeah, she right? says she's only going to do it to people who deserve it. Right. Yeah, that's like the last line. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she, she did that. And then it was over. And I was like, OK, the movie's over. <laughs> So it, was, it wasn't bad. It was a good movie. But the end, like Sam said, it does get a little convoluted, a little twisted. Yeah. Um, and it could have been a bit longer. Maybe. Um, to kind of clarify things. So, yeah. Um, I think I wouldn't have done that convoluted. She becomes the cursor ending. I think I would have just done a super fuck you ending where she gets a package after winning and it's just yeah. a fucking t-shirt. Oh, oh, well, you know what? We forgot to mention that earlier in the game or early in the movie about the game, they were talking about how uh, the game has a $100,000 prize to whoever can beat it. And mm-hmm. like, it's, it's still unclaimed and they call it. And that's when they first hear Robert Englund's voice saying like, you've won the game, you know, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it would be funny if you just got like a t-shirt or like a sticker pack <laughs> or like whatever <laughs> the fuck people send, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like dumb shit. Uh, but yeah yeah I think that covers the bulk of the story it was it was okay for the vast majority of the movie it's just like the last 30 minutes is pretty convoluted even though conceptually it has a lot of cool ideas I just think we didn't understand the lore of the game yeah and the kind of magic system surrounding it like with I would I would compare this movie to the ring that's a good yeah comparison like by the end of the ring we know why the tape is cursed why Samara is angry and vengeful but we don't really get how the magic behind the game works exactly yeah and you know what I actually um googled a little bit about um, this movie and I found an article that said that there the director is considering a sequel right now to this okay. movie and it would be 
the, it would be called the origin of the curse revealed or, or it'd be about the origin of the curse. So since we don't have that, hopefully if that movie happens, it's going to like give us all yeah, that I background. Would, I would be very interested in that movie, like understanding how this yeah. works. Yeah, same, because I, I need to know. <laughs> it's also kind of similar. I got, um, did you ever listen to the, um, yeah. the podcast um, mm-hmm. video store? I think no I haven't I hadn't heard of that what's that about it's the one where the guy's looking for the missing um tape or whatever um um no I haven't listened to that is it like a it's is it from, a podcast it, or like it's a, from Shutter. it's a podcast from Shutter. like a series yeah okay no I haven't <laughs> let me find it on the Apple podcast store. Well, maybe I'm just fucking completely off. Maybe I don't know what this is called at all. We listened to it at Christmas. Video Palace. Oh, Video Palace. I think I've heard of that then. Yeah. When video collector Mark Cambria watches a mysterious VHS tape, he begins talking to in his sleep in a language that he that doesn't exist. Mark and his girlfriend Tamara set out to investigate the tape's origin and find themselves caught up in a web of conspiracy, occult dread, and uh, surrounding legendary video store with a sinister purpose beyond imagining. I kind of got that sort of vibe from this movie. Yeah. So very interested to see how an origin would play out. Yeah, me too. Here it says like, uh, you know, they could do a prequel, a sequel, even a TV, you know, whatever, whatever it is they want to do. So we'll see if that does end up happening. Yeah. So let's uh, go ahead and talk about the production. I thought this movie looked really great, especially for a directorial debut. I did too. It did look good. Yeah, I'd say these first time directors are really like impressing me because um, yeah, uh, Till Death was also a debut. Yeah, we have this whole new crop of like new directors for horror and I um I'm just so excited about what's what's to come. Uh yeah, everything yeah, looked great. Um every scene even um I don't know if it's the cinematography or the editing, uh the you know, the colors and everything that were used. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just saturation. Me, yes, it, it had that, but also the one uh, scene that stands out to me too is whenever she was cleaning at, in the night, that big floor that was really brightly lit. It was mm-hmm. still dark though. It, I don't yeah. know. Everything worked so well. Okay, we have a very consistent like color scheme, you know? That, yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it, it was awesome. I liked it a lot. I liked mm-hmm. how real the environments felt from her decaying apartment to Isaac's basement apartment um it all felt very real and authentic these were real places these were real people yeah absolutely um and then whenever the time came for like violence or any anything happening like that what we did see was very good Mm -hmm. um and you know I specifically talking about the glass eating, you know, they didn't turn away. They didn't do a cut scene. We, we saw the blood, you know, that was happening. So whenever that happened, it looked good too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everything was uh, like very realistic, nothing too crazy or over the top, despite the fact that this was a crazy over the top plot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it kind of, it worked. Yeah. They're really wasn't that much gore we saw a little with Isaac's death yeah um everything with the mom is in our head Uh um and then I think if you want to count it as gore the goriest part was the end with the uh overdose uh, overdosed boyfriend in the kitchen with like five needles in his face and his eyes are bulging out I forgot all about that because the dude doesn't doesn't need to exist but yeah there was the sink with all the needles in it that were sticking upright and he just like smashed his head into it and then it made like a police officer vomit when he found the body but yeah you're right that is actually pretty pretty gnarly Mm -hmm. because I guess there was enough in those syringes to cause his fucking eyes to start popping out of the skull (laughs) yeah yeah geez who puts syringes in the sink like that what the fuck (laughs) um and the soundtrack 
for this was mm-hmm. very well uh, done. It was by The Prodigy, which is an mm-hmm. English electronic dance music band. Yeah. From England. Well, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it was very fitting for the type of horror movie this movie was trying to be. Um, yeah. Video game based horror movie. So you kind of want more synthy digital music than a traditional score. Yeah. But I'm so glad that they didn't like get stuck in the 80s like mm-hmm. a lot of these types of movies do and we didn't really need any of that. And yeah, it, 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 it felt very modern with, yeah, you know, it did kind of retro vibes. Yeah, I thought it was great to see um, that at her at Kayla's home, she had like the very old school desktop. Um, and then she had her laptop and then we have a smartphone too. So we have kind of like all these different pieces of technology from different eras kind of coming together and working. Like they're using yeah. modern technology to decode, you know, mm-hmm. a game from the eighties. That was another yeah. nice detail about Kayla's home life is having this old computer. Yeah. yeah. I, we talked about it with Fear Street, how um, mm-hmm. the main character in that movie is supposed to be poor yet in 1994 she had a computer <laughs> she had a computer and they had internet that's a luxury yeah that was that's a super a luxury. luxury so it was really nice that kayla while she did have a computer it wasn't a brand new macbook or anything yeah it was probably a computer she found that like she's kind of it's it's usable and she can kind of use it for like her hobbies and things like that you know it's these little details that really help with your world building yeah it re- they really make a difference <laughs> cool um but that's all i have to say about production yeah same um so realistic aspects um broken glass on the ground oh god e- yeah eating glass <laughs> getting cut by glass just be dropping the cups on the floor like that and just mm-hmm. you know and whenever he said clean up she said clean up and cleaning up is like eating it oh my goodness so that really you know got me but uh, other realistic aspects is of course um Uh, trauma and guilt trauma and guilt blaming yourself for the death of you know a family member trying to cope with that with um substance abuse you know things like this being in a tough situation where where you're you know socioeconomically like starved you know and like you don't have the right choices um you know because of where you live or whatever so all that stuff and uh then having a game like kill your friend I don't know all these things yeah. but those are the main like you know very layered very deep like uh, realistic aspects there mm-hmm. uh, and also what made me nervous for her is that uh, she was in the middle of di- like playing the game at work and she broke the computer and they fired her and I was like oh no she needs that job <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. so anxious for that for her yeah uh, so stuff like that too yeah But overall, I thought this was a good movie. The ending was a little messy, but I enjoyed it overall. So I'll go ahead and give it an ah yeah because yeah, I think I think think it was a fun time. It was because I was thinking about my grade and I was like, well, I would give it an ah yeah, fuck me, because it did. It was a very good movie. It was. It's only that ending that really like was a little bit weird, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. classify the entire movie as meh because it's not. Um, it's not bad yeah because (laughs) the acting was great the world building was great I believed in these characters I believed Kayla's situation I liked the friendship between her and Isaac so overall I think it was very well done and endings are hard to stick sometimes especially if it sounds like Toby already wants to do a sequel and a prequel so especially if you're trying to establish a new horror series yeah absolutely this would actually be kind of a cool series um so i'm I'm excited to see what this director uh comes up with next Mm -hmm. maybe it will be the sequel yeah Um, i don't think i have any more points on that anything else before we wrap up i don't think so all right fabulous so i've got the outro notes here and uh, it feels like a feels like it's been forever since i read these notes (laughs) um all right Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Today we learned that uh, you should just not 
play a creepy old game mm-hmm. called cursor because you never know you yep. never know anything else that we shouldn't do that we learned eat glass uh, yeah don't say clean it up because you never know if clean up means eat it <laughs> oh god okay uh like what you hear you can find real horror show on spotify tune in google play store stitcher itunes and pandora really really like what you hear follow us on twitter at horror show pod or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Real Horror Show. Like our page and share our stuff. We also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found, realhorrorshow.com. Want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something? Or do you think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Well, submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wish list. If you feel like buying us something tangible will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, you can find the buy us a coffee button on our website. It's a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. Other pertinent news to share? Um, not at the moment. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, can't wait uh, for the next one. So our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. Thank you, fuck off, and have a swell evening. And this is Real Horror Show signing off. Bye.